In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 2,000 years ago, he walked upon it. And where he walked, people followed. The sick were healed, sinners made righteous. Prophecies fulfilled. The Christ had come to save, to heal, and to know his people. And his people believed. But what did they believe when they could no longer follow? When the God-man's road came to an end? To Golgotha. This God-man had many names. Lunatic. Blasphemer. Teacher. Friend. Messiah. But what did they call him when he was dead? Before he had risen. On that darkest day. That night, that night wasn't the first time I saw Jesus. I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Capernaum, and my cousin just had to drag me out to the middle of nowhere to see this teacher. The amount of people by the Sea of Galilee was staggering. We listened to him all day. The things he said were just so different. Jesus was simultaneously the most unimpressive looking man and the most impressive person I had ever seen or heard of. We didn't even know how hungry we were until he prayed for a meal we didn't have. And then, well, we don't have to get into this, you know what happened. He fed us all. What do you want me to say? That it was fake? would all be a lot easier if it had been. But it was, it was amazing. And his teachings, they had a way of ringing in your head. Now on the way home, people started saying things like, Messiah, the chosen one, that he would be the Christ. What he did was indescribable, but Messiah? That's blasphemy. He wasn't the first person to claim to be the Messiah. And this was the question that rang in my head when I heard that they were going to crucify him. I heard yelling outside. Crowds lined the streets. And I could see him at the top of the hill. His red, fragile body. Jesus. He was bent over, carrying a cross, bleeding all over the streets. And in the short time that I watched, he fell down twice. Then the soldiers would throw his feeble body up and toss the cross on his back. And still, Jesus did nothing. He looked pathetic. So I slammed the shutters shut and sunk to the floor. I wasn't going to watch this. Even if he did deserve to die, I wasn't going to watch. There was a moment, you know, when he was feeding 
the thousands by the sea, there was a moment after he prayed for the meal. While he quietly broke the bread, he, he looked at me. That Jesus wasn't much to look at, but when he looked at you, he, he saw me. He saw me, I mean, he, it was, it was like he was looking inside me. And I had never been seen like that. And that's why I went. After several hours, I gave into the pole to go, to be there. Maybe he was the Messiah. Maybe this would be the biggest miracle of all, that he would come off the cross with light and power. He would punish the unrighteous, and he would raise the Israelites to their former glory, to their promised glory. I ran to Golgotha. I followed the empty, blood-stained streets. The sky was dark. It was the eighth hour or so. And they had crucified him. Three men hung like bloody rags, nailed to bloody crosses. It was already done. No miracles. No Messiah. What else do you want to know? You know the Romans, you know how they do it. What do you want me to say? That he saved himself? That fire rained down like in those stories of old? That he isn't actually dead? Because he is. The world is just as it was before he came in with his stories and his miracles. The unrighteous still rule the earth. They still oppress us. There are no miraculous displays and there is no promised glory. He stayed on the cross. I don't know what it was that drew me to that hill. Some childish hope in the impossible, I guess. But I wish I wouldn't have gone. I didn't want to see that. I guess Jesus, I guess Jesus just wasn't what we thought. So what was he? a great teacher or a great prophet, but I knew him as more than that. He was the Messiah. He was my friend. Ask anyone about Jesus and you'll get more than just a story. You'll hear hope, healing, and truth. Few others got to live with him, and he never quite did anything exactly how you'd expect him to do it, but it always somehow seemed to be the right thing. 
there were times when we would not understand a single word coming out of his mouth, but we trusted the man. It seems strange to say it, but he was just like us. God was a person. Oh, there was this one time that we were all around the fire and telling stories, and just James said something that made us all laugh. And when our laughter started dying down, Jesus just kept on roaring. He thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, we all got caught up in it, and we laughed for five minutes straight. I don't think any of us even remembered what James said. He had a way of setting us at ease. Well, sometimes. Sometimes we were pretty panicked, but having him there made all the difference. And he was always there. Was. It's been one day since they crucified him. Were we fooled? No. I saw him on the mountain. He shone with a light that made the sun look like a candle. We were enveloped by it, in it. And every worry was gone, every doubt, every fear. And every ounce of me was sure, so sure. But I also saw him yesterday. I saw him nailed to a tree, his hands bleeding, his feet, his head, his back, his very body mangled with agony, his body heavy under the weight of death itself. The hours drew on, and the sky darkened, and he died. I didn't sleep last night, but I dreamed. I dreamt that we were back on the boat, and Jesus was on the water calling to me. With every step, he got farther and farther away until I started sinking, and I cried out for help, but he was gone. The boat was gone, and... I was, my body froze and I was sinking lower and lower and I knew it was my fault. I, he was my friend and I disowned him. When he needed me most, I abandoned him. I killed him that night. And I regret it with every fiber of my being. I know you. I know you. I know you. I know you. Peter? The Rock? That's not who I am. I, I'm Simon. Maybe I didn't know him after all. I'm not a great man. I never said I was. In fact, it's pretty obvious how common I can be. I stole. On occasion, I was greedy. People around me knew this. But he called me anyway. Why? 
just to fail? Come, Judas Iscariot, follow me. Leave your predictable, unremarkable life so that one day you can do evil you cannot even imagine. I was fine where I was. Nothing was going to happen to me. I was a simple man with simple desires. But he called me. And I said yes. And honestly, it was thrilling. I was filled with something. The Spirit of God, I thought at the time. Maybe it was pride. For a while, I saw everything as though for the first time, imbued with some new sense of purpose. Here I was, next to the Son of God. I had made something of myself. I was valuable. The blind can see, the lame can walk. Maybe, maybe I can change as well. I believed. I had always followed the law, but now I truly knew what it felt like to believe. But the feelings wear. Even miracles grow common with repetition. One day I'm on a mission from God. The next I'm surrounded by gamblers and prostitutes, lepers, impoverished crowds whose stench would knock you backwards. He saw something in them. I didn't. I just felt like I was lost in an alien country. And then we went back to Jerusalem where they wanted him dead. Not just anyone, the teachers, the men of the temple who I looked up to as a child. I remember the night when I first knew that I could betray him. I felt sick to my stomach because I didn't know where home was anymore because I had lost my way. On one hand, safety, security, tradition, the authority of powerful men, and on the other, I told myself that if I buried my feelings deep down where no one If I did what I had to do and I didn't ask why, everything would be okay. And it was. For a while, I went to the Pharisees. I <coughs> took them to Jesus and I handed him over. And then he saw me. And nothing. Not all the money and security in the world, not all the authority of the men of the temple could mask what I felt then. But you called me anyway! 
Why? Why would you do that if you knew I would fail? apart within me. Are you festering and dying inside too? Do you feel like every breath is a choice and every movement an effort? Is your heart breaking as much as mine is now? Is it? Why did you allow this to happen to us? Why didn't you save him? Answer me! No. No answer for your favored one. Well then, listen to me. When you told me that I would bear your son, I thought I was blessed. Yes. I said all generations would call me blessed. Behold the blessing. Behold the years of slander and poverty. Behold Israel, your holy country, rotted and corrupted by the Gentile nations around it. Behold my perfect, beautiful son, Lying buried in someone else's tomb, ripped apart for nothing. Yes, Lord, you truly have done great things for me. Listen to me. I faced scorn for you and I carried him for months, surrounded by family and neighbors who to this day whisper about my licentious youth and my illegitimate son. I protected his little body when the other boys made fun of him because he wouldn't join in their cruel games. I taught him how to follow your law, no matter what the Romans did. And I prayed for him more than Job ever prayed for his children. I raised him. He was my son. Why did you allow him to suffer? Those promises that I treasured up in my heart, were they all lies? He lived this life perfectly, like he was supposed to. 
You know that. You and I both know that. You and I, Lord. We were the only ones with him from the beginning. We loved him from the moment of his conception until the moment that his life was squeezed out of him by nails and whips and a splintering cross. He is your son too. If you love him, if you truly are God omnipotent, then bring him back to me. To us. Lord, was I wrong all those years ago? Is there another Messiah? Must I wait for him alone?